threatening to. So you will need to open your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible, what page is that on? Someone has a pew hmm. Bible? Or is that written in the bulletin? 1022. You can turn, you can find a maroon pew Bible and turn there. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you're welcome to take one of those home. We, uh, we, uh, our worship centers uh, around the reading and the proclamation of the Word of God. And that is paramount and first for us. And we do believe it is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Chapter 3 of 1 John is our text. And I'll be again reading at verse 10. And I'll read through verse 18. Give your attention to God's Word. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And Father, we do pray your blessing upon the reading and the exposition of your infallible, inerrant word. Amen. These verses in 1 John tell us about the mark of the Christian. The mark, the the, the it, love is the mark. It, it is the uh, thing that sets us apart from the world. In the old, um, and, and still, cattle ranchers, they'll, they'll mark their sheep, they'll mark their cattle with a brand to know who belongs to whom. Uh, we're not marked in that way, but we're marked uh, by how we behave, and you can tell um, what something is most of the time by how it uh, behaves. The late Dr. Martin uh, Francis Schaefer, rather, uh, Francis Schaefer is one of the leading pastors in founding our little uh, family of Christians. He passed away a number of years ago. But he was a prolific writer on many subjects, and one of the subjects he wrote on was, was the subject of 
love, Christian love. And he entitled that word based on this passage and, and other passages in the Bible. Uh, I encourage you to get it. It's readily accessible online. Uh, he entitled his book, The Mark of the Christian. And he wrote that book in 1970. And he wrote it because he spent a lot of time in Europe, in, um, in Switzerland, as a matter of fact, and, and in, in England, and he noted the demise of the Christian church in those places. And he was concerned about Christians' reaction to an increasingly hostile culture. How do we react um, in, as we see, as Jay so well said earlier, paganism, the old paganism taking root again? And how, how do you respond? And he, he, this was happening in Europe. Um, um, 53, over 50 years ago, he noted it. He was concerned about it. And he wrote about it. Someone told me yesterday that they were listening to the coronation of, of um, the new king and queen of England and uh, they heard some staggering statistic that less than 4% of the people in the British Isles attend church at all. And if you pay attention to things that are happening today, you know that we're, we are on that slide as well. And there is this increasing hostility from the world. So what should our response be to what is happening? Uh, the Bible is clear. This passage is clear what our response should be individually and collectively as the church of Jesus in the midst of a hostile world. We, we tend to think that, that the New Testament was written in this pristine environment where everything was great and wonderful and okay. No, it was an, a, an environment where, where the government, the, the religious environment, everything was hostile to the message of the gospel of Jesus. So how and what is our primary witness to the watching world? And the answer is love. <clears throat> the sacrificial love that Jesus had for sinners like us should be reflected in our daily dealings with, first and foremost, our Christian brother and sister. That's why we gather here to be strengthened, to be built up, to be sent out into a hostile world, but also to that world as well. By this, they will know you are my disciples, Jesus said. This is the mark of the Christian. They will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for each other. This is how we witness primarily uh, to the world. Yes, we use words. Yes, we, we, um, we do whatever we can to invite people to come and, and see and be a part of our fellowship. 
but mostly we are to demonstrate the love of Christ in an active way to each other and then as we have opportunity to do good as much good to those who are outside I ended last Sunday with verse 10 and I and decided I needed to back up to that that point in verse 10 to demonstrate this is how you uh, mark who is a child of God versus who is a child of the devil first it's those who do not practice righteousness who have no understanding of God's commandments his Ten Commandments his two great commandments that he gave us uh, that marks those who are the children of, of the devil but even there even in those two commandments it's still love correct the summary of the commandments that Jesus gave in Matthew 22 what is the great and foremost commandment is to love God with all of your heart with all of your mind with all of your soul and with all of your strength and the second is like unto it is to love your neighbor as yourself so even in the practice of righteousness the application is love and then to apply it to our relationships in the church nor, nor is one a child of God who does not love his brother Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil I know I know um, there's an obsession with the power how the power of the devil and how he is rampant and and we look at the world and we see people just swept away in 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 uh, unrighteousness and and, and it, then it comes and hits us in our family and hits us in in our relationships and we we shake our head but the truth is for the child of God who is focused upon the love of, of Jesus for him or for her, those things ultimately cannot touch us. The devil cannot touch us other than by the permission of God. And when he does and when he is allowed, it's for the purpose of drawing us even closer to him. This is the message, John says here in verse 11, this is the message you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. What beginning is he talking about? Is he talking about from the beginning of the gospel, the, the beginning of the uh, the uh, a sin, uh, the, the passion of Jesus when he prepared to go to the cross, when he sat down on that mandate, uh, mandate Thursday, Monday Thursday, some people call it, when he when he said, I give you a new commandment, which is not really new, one you've heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. Um, Again, is it the great commandment in Matthew's uh, gospel, chapter 22, beginning at verse 37, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself? 
Is it that? I believe it's further back than that because of verse 12. I think it goes all the way back to Genesis. That's why the book of Genesis is so important. Because it tells us that these things aren't new inventions. That they've always been there. And one truth that has always been there is that hatred is the mark of the unbeliever. He tells the story, reminds us of Cain, who killed his brother Abel. If you go back to Genesis chapter 4, you remember the story. Cain made uh, an offering of, of, uh, of his work. Abel made an offering of his work. Cain's were accepted. I mean, Abel's, rather, were accepted by God as worship. Cain's were, were, were rejected. And God came to Cain and said, Sin is crouching at your door, and you must master it. Otherwise, it's going to consume you. And what, what, what uh, passion was consuming him? It was unrighteous anger. He was mad because he had been rejected. So angry that it led him to murder. <clears throat> we see in our country, in just this week, another round of mass murders. We, should, we shouldn't wonder why they're happening. We should wonder why there aren't more. And the more God's restraining hand is removed, I predict, we will see more. Emotions. Anger is an emotion. Love is an emotion. They're based in scriptural truths, but they're nonetheless, they're, they're emotions. And we are made emotional creatures in the image of God. And our emotions are either right or wrong, based on whether we are controlled by the Holy Spirit or not. That's, the Bible's really plain about that as well in the book of Galatians chapter 5. I know I refer to this frequently, but it's, it's an important passage. Motion begins with desire. Your desires are either good or your desires are, are bad. If you have evil desires, then you need to repent of those. Paul says in Galatians 5, I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. You, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under, under the law. That doesn't mean that you set aside the law. It means that the law of God, His Ten Commandments, the, the truth of His righteousness of loving God and loving people, automatically flows out of you if you're under control of the Spirit. And the evidence is plain. Works of the flesh are evident. 
their sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If we walk in this way, if we walk in control, being controlled by the Holy Spirit, we just love people. We love people of all stripes, of all kinds. We can't help but love them because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus died for us and exchanged his perfect holy life for us. And because of that, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is in us and we are called to love as he loved. It doesn't mean we accept wickedness, we accept evil, but it does mean we love in spite of the evil that resides in people. The hardest, it is the forgiveness of others who harmed us is the hardest thing in life. Until It is impossible until the, you're controlled by the Holy Spirit and you can look to Jesus on the cross. When he looked at those who had murdered him on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We are living in what some have termed the Great Reset after COVID and, and the disaster that that brought upon culture, the church, and, and business, and everything. Families is just insan insanity unleashed. And, and in this strange time, as we pick up the pieces, we, we see that uh, all of a sudden, we live in a time that seems, seems, and it's not, we need to understand it's not even close, but seems something like the time of the Christians in the time of the Nero, the emperor, which is the time that John wrote his epistle. Where Christians were treated horribly. Where they were uh, drug out into the Roman uh, uh, forums and drug out of them into the theaters for entertainment as the lions and and as uh, gladiators and others put them to death publicly because they were accused of being antisocial. Because they refused to offer incense to the emperor as a god. And this continued for 200 or for almost uh, 150 years more. So we're not there yet, praise the Lord. But we feel some hostility. I would suggest to you that it is a good thing. It is ordained by God for such a time as this, we've been raised up to tell the truth. 
Our reaction when we feel this at any level should not be hatred or to vilify someone. In fact, it should be, we should wear it as a badge of honor. But we are rapidly come to the place that you're not going to get certain jobs. You're not going to be able to serve in the military or any public, public uh, place, probably, possibly. In many places this is true, unless you submit to the culture of what the government says we must believe. Some of you have felt it already. I know, I've talked to many of you. And so what is our reaction? First and foremost, it should be that we worship the Lord and we do what is right. And we love those, and we and we serve with earnestness those we work for or we are around. And we should not be controlled by fear, but we should be controlled by love. At the same time, we must come to the studied position that Daniel and his companions came to when they were held captive in Babylon long ago and were being forced to bow down and worship the great idol and were threatened with death again as believers have been through the centuries and what did they say whether it is right in your mind O king to worship and bow down the golden idol that you've set up let it be known to you that we won't do it And throw us in the fire if you must, because, and if he, if you do, the one who, who we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not worship and bow down to the idol that you have made. And that is the greatest act of love that you can have. And in doing so, their witness uh, brought their mighty king, Nebuchadnezzar, to his knees. That is the witness that we're called to have. Again, the example in our text of Cain and Abel. Why did Cain murder his brother? Because Cain was of the devil. Because he could not be... Uh, controlled by the Spirit of God and rather was controlled by his emotion of hatred. And the text makes it plain. He, we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers are righteous. Understand, child of God, this world hates you. <laughs> This cosmos is the word, this world system that is arrayed against God and his people uh, and his angelic creatures, this world hates you. That's what the word of God says right here in verse 13. Don't be surprised. Don't be Gomer Pyle. Some of you aren't old enough to know Gomer Pyle. He used to say, surprise, surprise, surprise. Don't be like him. Just know that the world hates you. 
in response, don't hate back. Don't hate back. Love others. Sacrificially love them. In practical ways, love them. Return goodness for hatred. Return blessings for curses. Now, that is the way that God has called us to live. Our, our response is all, so often that we want to vilify and hate in return. I know because that's my natural instinct. The way we counter the world is by sacrificial love. Number one, sacrificial love for each other as God's people. You know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with being competitive. You know, I, I'm, I grew up in sports, around sports. The way in the way you win in sports is if somebody hits you, you hit them back harder. That's it. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being competitive in business. There's nothing wrong with well, any any of those things that uh, uh, that are normal. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about. Hatred that is directed because of our relationship to Jesus Christ. Our response must always be to love. And to love each other. And to begin in the church. To begin in our families. To begin as husbands loving our wives. Sacrificially as Christ loved the church. To begin... In, in modeling sacrificial love and, and as wives modeling sacrificial respect and in children modeling to our children uh, loving discipline and kindness to them to seeking justice and seeking mercy for others Do you know the love of Christ? In conclusion, I just ask each and every one here, do you know the love of Christ? Do you know first and foremost that you're a sinner? Do you notice that the first thing you have to do to join the church is to confess that you're a sinner? And these wonderful and respectable people got up here and confessed to the world and to you that they're sinners. That their only hope is, is faith and trust in Christ. And as a result of that, they're transformed. And that's, that's what the church consists of. And as a result of that, we're enabled by the Spirit of God to sacrificially love God and each other. So that's what we're seeking to do. We have an opportunity to do that right now through the offering. We... we we, um, if you prepared to bring a gift, that's wonderful. If you didn't, the greatest sacrifice of all is to offer yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice, which is your only reasonable response to what Jesus did for you. I urge you to do that in your heart as we, we, uh, we present our offering to the Lord, as you take a moment and consider that. We have another opportunity at the Lord's Supper to declare our love to God, to Jesus, and to each other, and to examine ourselves.
carefully. Are we, do, are we really trusting Jesus? Are we really walking in a way that, that says that we are? To not really carefully do that means that we eat and drink judgment upon ourselves. But it also means that, uh, that uh, we, have, we have food for the journey. We have strength for that journey of loving God and loving people. Let's go before the Lord and pray. Father, thank you for uh, your word which speaks so plainly about our responsibility to love you, to love others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Forgive us when we have failed, which we do daily in both of those. We do not daily, moment by moment, we fail to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We need grace, we need forgiveness, and we need strength. Uh, bless us with that understanding. If there's anyone here who's never understood that they're a sinner and they need to be forgiven, may you work that in their heart right now, and may they trust in you alone for salvation, even at this moment. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's now worship the Lord with our morning offering.